0: This episode was made possible by our incredible patrons who faithfully support the work of amplifying the voices of spiritual abuse survivors. We are an extremely small team comprised of just two families with a passion for stories and image bearers. We committed early on to not monetizing any of the stories and rely solely on the donations of our Patreon community to operate. If you value this work and are able to contribute, you can join for as little as $5 a month. Another way you can support us is by following, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It only takes a moment, but it has a big impact on our reach. Thank you for daring to listen. Welcome. This week, we are releasing a previous Instagram Live with my dear friend and fierce advocate, Emily Snook. We talk about the Crusades, Robin Hood, and what do we mean when we say someone is unsafe? We want to give you a heads up and preemptively apologize that the audio is a bit rough at some points, but promise this conversation is so worth it. I'm Jonna Harris, and this is At the Bus Stop by the Bodies Behind the Bus Podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to come talk to us about Radhahead. Um, I'm so excited, you know. I'm very excited to get to talk about medieval church history. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh set everybody up for a second and then I'm just gonna hand the floor to you and mm-hmm. you're just gonna hit us with some of your wisdom. Go. I was talking with Emily last week, two weeks ago, and I'm we like were just discussing time. what it looks like to like inhabit an advocacy space and like how do we draw boundaries and how do we mm-hmm. discern who we platform or don't platform or how do we even exist as ourselves and like what are our things that are like this is our line in the sand and right. from that sparked this like incredibly brilliant conversation that Emily just like I bestowed mean upon of me. course I
2: was just like you know what that reminds me of the crusades <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to share this conversation with this community because it was just like, we were doing it over Boxer. And so I'm listening to it as I'm driving. I'm like saying amen out loud as she's like spitting all this knowledge on me. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Emily and go for it. Tell us about Robin Hood and the Crusades and how that can inform how we exist here. Yeah, sure. So
2: I think the real... Thing that even if you don't hear any of the other things that I say or you're just like bored to death by it or whatever is that sometimes we have these romanticized mythologized views of people and events and they actually prevent us from learning how to do the things that we need to do to do justice or to just live in righteousness um, and to learn lessons from history, whether that be ancient history, our own history, or even just the history of our own lives. So a good example of that is Robin Hood. And I'm going to start at the end of the story when King Richard comes and, like, saves the day, right? He shows up with his big lion mane and Prince John. And I'm referring to the only real version of Robin Hood, which is the animated boxes. Um, <laughs> And it, so he shows up and saves the day and Robin and Mary get married and everything's set right because King Richard is like the benevolent lion-hearted king, right? Mm-hmm. But the real King Richard, not so much. So, So here's what really happens with King Richard. He takes over the Third Crusade. He's king of England in the 12th century. He's not even English. He was born in France. I mean, he's the king of England, but it's a whole deal. It was it was very unnecessary for people to be from the country that they were from in the medieval world, to be the king of that country. So Richard is he's the king of England in the 12th century. The Pope has um, issued these decrees for crusades to take back the Holy Land from the infidels, which is its whole own set of problems. Um, and so Richard takes over after the king of France kind of drops out of the crusade and he goes and he leads this campaign and he he actually like kind of ends the crusades. He settles into this peace with Saladin, who's like the leader of the forces that are there in the Holy Land at the time. And, um, and so he enters this peace with Saladin, but he doesn't take Jerusalem, which is like the point of the crusade is to take back Jerusalem, right? Regardless of the fact that Throughout all of history, from from the Book of Acts, there have always been Christians in Jerusalem, just like there are Palestinian Christians right now. And depending on the different empires um, from the Islamic from the original Islamic Empire through the Ottomans at the end of World War One, they would enjoy different levels of freedom and prosperity and even privilege. And so, the Crusades are kind of unnecessary. And another thing about the Crusades that happens a lot is some of the Crusading armies don't even make it out of Europe. They just pillage and kill other European Christians. So the Crusades are a whole mess. Richard comes back, like, triumphant, but not really, from Mm -hmm. the Third Crusade. And so, and the myth is, like, he comes back and, like, sets everything right from the Regent John, like, and, and then he's a beloved and, and you know, he marries Robin and made Marian and everyone lives happily after. The true story is Richard was pretty corrupt. He hated England. He hated the English. He refused to even learn the language. And he did a lot to impoverish people and, and further injustice. But there's this mythology created by him about him, depending on who we're reading, probably by his mother, um, <laughs> to make him this mythical Christian hero, right? And mm-hmm. and nothing has perpetuated that more than the story of Robin Hood. But there's, there's this other version of Robin Hood. So, you know, like when you watch, like, there's different versions of King Arthur, right? And Camelot. Mm-hmm. So my eight-year-old and I have been sort of watching through all of them, like a King and King Arthur's Court, the Merlin BBC series, Storing the stone yeah. he's like all these stories are different and i was like right because because mm-hmm. it's a mythology it's a legend and there's different versions of it so so there is a version of the robin hood mythology that robin is he's the earl of Loxley, right he's a nobleman and so he is constricted into service in the crusades and something happens in the crusades that shifts things for him and so he comes back, and he sees that, like, what he thought was being a good master to these peasants who lived in his in his lands, mm-hmm. was even even if he was kind and generous and fair, he's still exploiting them because of the system that they're in, right? And so and so, there's this version of Robin Hood that he comes back, and he's not an outlaw. He chooses to lay down all this privilege. And, And the reason that he is able to do the things that he does is because of the privilege that he comes from, right? Like he knows how to fight. He's, he's not just like naturally super good with a bow and arrow, like in the story, like he's a warrior, right? And, and he, he has been at the seat of power. And then, and so for Robin Hood, when he, in this version of the mythology that, is that he comes back different and so he lays down all of these things for the sake of recognizing that because the people above him like john like the sheriff of nottingham like the real king richard him being a good person in that system is still going to perpetuate the oppression of his people who he loves and feels called mm-hmm. to serve right and so and so for him what righteousness in, in light of that looks like is laying down every bit of his privilege, of his birth, of his experience, and le- and at the same time leveraging it for the sake of, of, of other people, right? So the whole rob from the rich to give to the poor thing, like, that's not—like, mm, what's really happening is that people are being impoverished. I mean, depending on our version of the story, the people are being impoverished— and he is working against the system that he used to try to soften from within, to, to give back to the people the dignity and the worth and the well-being that they should have as human beings who he is entrusted to care for, right? Mm. And, and, so, and so it's not a renouncing of his title. It's, a, it's an embrace of it but in a way that is mm. costly for him and in a way that is that he he doesn't get to reap the rewards of it right like i think one of the things mm-hmm. that i said to you in our in our conversation is sometimes recognizing wrong that you're a part of and working for justice means that you die alone and penniless in the woods and and that's not what's required of everybody right but for him like it, if we if we tell ourselves the sort of truer, less idealized story of Robin Hood. It it would be the story of someone who who experiences this earth-shattering, worldview shifting thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then says, I cannot go on as I was. Because these people whose care has been entrusted to me by God, which is the idea at that time in the 12th century, right? Like if you're born into nobility, it's that God has entrusted you with the care of of your serfs. And so because God has entrusted the care of these people to me, and because of, of the place where I've found myself and what I've learned to be true, I cannot care for them. I cannot do justice for them. I cannot be a righteous master toward them in this. And and so and so then what does that look like? Does that look like for all of us, like, you know, going and living in the woods and giving all of our stuff away? Like, maybe not. But sometimes we have to recognize that, like, the perks of my privilege, even if I'm doing everything right, are still hurting people because of the links in the chain of the nobility, for lack of a better word, that I'm
1: connected mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Gosh, thank you so much. Something that you said to me that has been sticking with me too, is this idea that there's like a king breathing down everybody's back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, what you said about that, right? So we have, so yeah, going back to the crusades, like they're soldiers, right. And they do some bad stuff. Like some also not all of them are bad, but like, like, history is complicated, but they're soldiers, and they do bad stuff, and then they're soldiers who, like, are just farmers and lesser nobility, and, like, they don't hate Muslims, they don't hate, mm-hmm. like, they—or or they're completely uneducated, and, and they have a nobleman at their back making them go fight this war, right? And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that, like, the, the nobility have all this power and privilege, but they also have a king at their back, and, mm-hmm. and the thing about the king is that he has like other kings or the pope at his back, and then and then there's like circular because like sometimes like other kings are telling the popes what to do, um, depending on which pope we're talking about, and and all those things. And so and so there's this there's this sort of like circular like spears behind you pushing you to fight mm-hmm. other people for yeah. the sake of protecting that top wrong power, right? right. Um, and and enriching it and, and lifting it up. And, and the people who are below are either being conscripted or they're being um, told to do something that's bad for the sake of a greater good that they believe in.
1: So when we're taking all of that information and yeah. putting it into now modern day, like you mm-hmm. and me, other yeah. people in this space that are trying to speak out about corruption and abuse in the church and Mm -hmm. fight for goodness and healthy spaces that are God honoring when we're entering these churches and these church communities. How can we have this story inform us as we go forward?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think the right answer is, is another question Mm-hmm. Which is, who am I hurting to keep doing this, yeah. and and is it worth what it will cost me to step out of to step out of line? I mean, I really think that we just have to ask ourselves. Like, I, I think that it requires some personal discernment because I think that people have different lanes that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is that we we have to have ownership of our part in things. Even when we're innocent of it, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about survivors, I'm talking about the rest of us, right? When I talk about like SBC stuff, I say we, um, mm-hmm. even, even though I've been advocating for some of these things for a very long time, I still say we because, because I was formed by it, I formed other people in it, I benefited from it, and, and I have a complicated relationship with all of that, right? And mm-hmm. so and so I say we because I may have not been on the front lines killing people, mm-hmm. but I was there like I was holding the banner. I was marching. And so I say we. And so and so I have the ownership of, of what happened. And then I also have a responsibility in making things right. And whatever it costs me is what I do until that is done right and yeah. and so and so if that looks like doing something different within the system and that's a possibility then that's what it looks like but but sometimes it's gonna look like i have to break all of the links in this chain because i'm i'm holding someone captive by being mm. a link in this chain and oh, yeah and and so and so i think it's saying we but also being willing to walk away from the we that benefits us. Right. Mm, so we say yeah. we when it comes to accountability, but then when it comes to like, who's hurt and who's doing the hurting, then are we better be with the people who are being hurt and not the people who are being the hurting.
1: Gosh, so good. I think that is so helpful and the reason we were having this conversation again was we were trying to figure out like, what are our boundaries or who yeah. are we willing to like link ourselves to publicly? Right. Yeah. Like that conversation is really messy and really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in Christian spaces where everybody is like each other's cousin or best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's connected, you know? And so yeah. it's it really hard because you you can also have someone who's like, got beautiful, amazing things to say about something, but then they're in, they're in a link, they're in a Mm -hmm. chain or whatever that is causing harm to others. And so where do we draw that line? And it helped me so much. And I'm so grateful for your voice in my own life. It helped me so much to have this picture of like, when you step out of that link, Mm-hmm. it could look like being alone and penniless yeah. in the woods like Robin Hood. Yeah. And, and am I willing to do that and are the voices that I'm allowing shape me and the way that I see the Imago Day and others are they willing mm-hmm. to do that because yeah. I think there's also a difference in like having deep friendship with my neighbor who maybe isn't willing to die alone yeah. the you know but like the people yeah. that are being platforms the people who are being given this privilege or even celebrity in Christian advocacy spaces, I, I think a line for me is that they're willing to die alone in the woods penniless for the sake of others. And yeah. I'm not saying that has to be everybody's line, but I think it's helpful for us to have this conversation. It's helpful yeah. for us to be aware, like, what are the things that someone is willing to lose as an advocate mm-hmm. for yeah. the sake of hurting people? And if they're not oh. willing to lose their privilege and their platform or to use their privilege in their platform in order to help those at the low end of the power dynamic, then they might not be safe for us. Yeah. I think one of the hard
2: things is that, like, safe means different things, right? Yeah. To do a quick analogy, because, you know, that's my yeah. jam. Um, yeah. Think about driving. Like, it, I'm, I'm very, very nearsighted. I have a terrible astigmatism. Um, I have really bad depth perception. It's always unsafe for me to drive without my glasses or my contacts. Right. Always. Yes. Like there's, there's no, there's no circumstance where that is okay. In fact, it is, it is harmful and like willfully endangering other people for me to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, So, so that, that's always bad. It's always unsafe. And so if I were to say like, you can't stop me. Like, you can't make me wear my glasses. I'm going to go drive. Like, then then I, I should not be allowed to access to a car, right? Like yes. That, that is willful, reckless endangerment of other people. But but then what about, like, so that's something that is, it's easy. No. Like right? we know. It's, it's cut and right. dry. No. But then what about, like, I'm really afraid of heights, and I get nervous and anxious around them. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, when we lived in New Mexico, like I had to be really careful about where I drove. Um, like when we would go visit pe- in Colorado or whatever, like if I had to be driving, it had to be at certain parts of the trip. Because if mm-hmm. I'm driving close to a ledge, even if there's a guardrail there, like it's unsafe for me because of, because of me, because I'm anxious and I, I'm being like too cautious. And, and so, yeah. but my husband is really great at that kind of driving. And so should I, should we like set up a gate at the bottom of the mountain and say like, Hey, nobody can drive here. Cause it makes him really anxious. Like, no. <laughs> and, right. and, so, and so do you see the difference there of like, yes. I, I know what is a wise boundary for me in that. And sometimes mm-hmm. I may not have no choice, right? Like I, I may have to drive that road cause it's where I am. And, and so, and so that's different kinds of safe and unsafe, right? So sometimes when, sometimes when we say someone is unsafe, we mean like they're recklessly driving without their glasses and they know that it's dangerous for you and they don't care. And sometimes we mean, this is a boundary that I've made for myself and I don't get to impose it on other people. Yes. Um, and and so So that's, that's a hard thing to kind of navigate. Mm -hmm. But but I think for me the line is if you're still getting in a car with someone who has had their driver's license taken away, you don't get to talk to me about what's safe, and right. and, and you don't get to give me advice on other areas of life because you're not showing discernment, right? And, and so that's the thing for yeah. me is that like, are they willing to get in the car? with someone who has repeatedly recklessly endangered other people and is unrepentant about it. Like, so good. and so, and so if the conversation is, Hey, listen, I think this is a gray area and I'm trying to have an influence here. Like, okay, that's a conversation we can have. Yes. But if, if the conversation is, you don't get to tell me or my friends what to do. How dare you ask him if he has his glasses on? Like mm-hmm. he is my friend. Well, like you're not a very good friend because you're letting him put his own self in jeopardy. Not to mention other people, right? Yeah. And, and so, and so the question is, like, am I setting a boundary that protects me? Yes. That I think there's lots of gray there. That's mm-hmm. that's good. But yes, am I setting a boundary to protect other people? from the repeated willful endangerment and harm from someone else? And what am I willing to lose to set that boundary? Yeah. Because because if you're not willing to lose that relationship or the perks of that relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Then, or the relationships that are
2: connected to that relationship. Or the and relationships their links. that are in that link in the chain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so sometimes like, but the thing is, is that like a chain breaks, like it, it, if someone is chained, you only have to break one of the links to set them free. And, yeah. and we we underestimate the power of breaking that one chain and then the reaction that, that that causes and the power that that has to give others in the chain freedom to walk away, right? Like, like what if, listen, I, I have been close to people that I did not know the truth about. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that truth, I told it. And sometimes there were other people standing with me and sometimes there weren't, Mm -hmm. but the people I was protecting from the romanticized myth that was enabling harm being done were worth anything that I lost breaking out of that Mm -hmm. chain. And so, and so I I just want to say like the, the connections that you're making are not worth putting other people in in a path of harm. The stones that you're stepping up higher in a hierarchy to get higher up on the stage, to, to move further up the line so that there are less spears at your back, it's not worth it. It is worth it to die alone in the woods if you are the people who sets people free and gives them Back, what is really theirs that God has really given them, because especially if it's people that He has entrusted you to care for.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you so much. I think this is, a conver- this is a conversation that Jay and I are having like consistently behind the scenes. Uh, we have a few people. That we ask to like keep their eyes on what we're doing and ask us hard questions. And you're somebody for that in my life. And I think these conversations, like, I wanna foster them, not only behind the scenes with just Jay and me and whoever amazing friends that we make (laughs) along the way, but like, I want us as the big C church or people who love the church and love Jesus's bride, I want us to start having these conversations. They're uncomfortable. They're so uncomfortable. They are uncomfortable. You and I have had them. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yep. They're super uncomfortable. But like, without that, then we are just stuck in our own chain link, you know? And like, I don't want to be that anymore. And I don't want that for any of us. I hope this has helped people start to ask questions in their own heart of like, what are my boundaries and what Mm -hmm. are the things that I'm willing to die penniless alone in the woods for? And what am I going to expect from the voices that I'm allowing to shape me and Mm -hmm. speak into my life and my own healing journey? Most people that are here are survivors. You know, most people listening to this are going to be survivors that are coming out Mm -hmm. of extremely harmful environments. What are the voices that we're allowing to shape us and shepherd us into this next yeah. season as we're walking through the wilderness, you know? And are those voices part of their own link that are just climbing the ladder with a, to get less spears at their back or a different spear at their back? Or, yeah. sorry, I'm like a mess because I started crying. <laughs> or are they people who are willing to shatter the, the link? in order to protect others. Um, yeah. I don't have any con- like easy answers for that. I don't think you do either, but I know yeah. that this and conversation is important to have.
2: Yeah. I just want to end by saying, I said at the beginning, history is complicated. By the way, if you want to learn more about the crusade, Justo Gonzalez, the story of Christianity, it's excellent. History is complicated, and so are people. It's very rare that people are just villains. Like, there are people who are And I mean, Uh they are, but most people are not just one thing. And and often in these structures, people are, they're in both camps, right? (laughs) Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're hurt and they're hurting. I think that the posture towards the conversation is actually the most important thing, not where we Mm -hmm. land, right? And so Mm -hmm. our, is our goal to cancel people? or to build our own platform or any of those things where it is her goal to set as many people free as possible, including the people who are links in the chain because they're in bondage too.
1: Oh, so good, Emily. Thank you so much. I appreciate you My so pleasure. much. And thank you to everybody who's been along for this ride. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>